0: the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that opinions all are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law sensitive topics are discussed discretion is advised
1: on this week's core tv podcast after over 24 hours of deliberation the harvey weinstein jury has reached a verdict guilty on two counts acquitted of three What does the split decision mean? Was this a victory for the Me Too movement? And how much time will Harvey Weinstein serve for his crimes?
0: This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer.
1: Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Seema Iyer in New York City, joined by a very special co-host this week, Ted Rollins, how you doing there?
2: Great, Seema. Glad to be uh, here on the podcast.
1: I have been trying to get you on the podcast for months now, but Vinny hasn't let me. So finally, I got gotcha. you. I kicked Vinny to the curb this week. Just kidding. Miss my Vinster. But Ted Rollins, big week. There has been a verdict in the Harvey Weinstein trial. What are you thinking about it?
2: Well, I you know first of all, I'm glad it's over on some level um, <laughs> because it has. I mean, it's been a long slog, which you know quite well, having been in New York for this uh, the past six weeks. Um, I you know I I really feel like the jury did get it right now that I've had some time to think about it. You know, initially, I think we all sort of thought there was a really good chance this would come back not guilty because of the issues with the complaining witnesses with both Mimi Hille but especially Jessica Mann. But uh, I tell you, now that I've digested it, yeah. I think that they just, they believed that the incidents were real. And, you know, when Mimi Hillet was describing what happened, uh, how could it not be real? I mean, it was just so the, the details were s- disgusting on one level. Yeah. Um, but the emotion, you know, surrounding it, I, I I get why they came back the way they did.
1: Ted, you are echoing what a lot of people in and around the courthouse are feeling. And that is the jury did get it right. They couldn't, I think, pinpoint the exact criminality of Harvey Weinstein, because there were a lot of inconsistencies with the accusers, whether it's Annabella Sciorra, Mimi Halei, or Jessica Mann, but... Harvey Weinstein has done things wrong, and it was time that he be held accountable, right?
2: Absolutely, and I think Hollywood and, and, and other industries are going to hear this, and, and, and it's going to make a difference. It, it already has made a difference, you know, from the moment that uh, Weinstein and Matt Lauer and the others went down, Charlie Rose. Um, I think it, it sent shockwaves. Yeah, Everywhere. Um, And that made a difference. And I think this is taking it another step to remind people um, everywhere in no matter what industry it is, you cannot cross the line like this. You can't use your power Um, and and um, and get away with it. It just isn't going to happen. And the other message that was sent was to all of the enablers. All of those people that sat by and watched Harvey Weinstein do it, the bodyguards, the assistants, the people that uh, rolled their eyes, oh, there's another girl running out of Harvey's office crying. Um, No one stepped up. And I think that um, that culture is going to change.
1: You know what's so crazy? You just mentioned Matt Lauer and We had, and I think you've spoken to him as well, Rich McHugh, who was Ronan Farrow's producer at NBC. Uh, He's been on Court TV a few times. And it's so interesting, this intersection between NBC News and the Harvey Weinstein scandal, that Ronan Farrow was trying to break the story when he was at NBC and NBC, and this was pre-Matt Lauer, but they killed the story and then he went to the New Yorker and look at how everything has almost come full circle with these uh, quote unquote, predators.
2: Yeah, oh, look at the NDAs that the Weinstein Company Board of Directors had to, um, and and the payouts that they had to approve, Yeah, um, time after time, and NBC did cover for Matt Lauer for a while, apparently, and a couple of the people are still there. Um, When you talk to Rich McHugh, um, there wasn't accountability at NBC. Now maybe that'll change. Um, I do think the message has been sent, though. People will be more reluctant to watch somebody um, behave badly and um and not step up. I think people are gonna step up um and it will make a difference.
1: Ted, what did you think about Annabella Shiora? I think I think that is what the I, I I don't know what the word is, like the biggest controversy now is that people felt that she was the strongest witness for the prosecution, yet the jury's verdict Seems almost repugnant to that theory.
2: Yeah, and I I think it's timing. I think twenty seven years is too much. She didn't know the day. She didn't know the month. She wasn't sure of a lot of the details. Um. And and yeah, maybe she presented herself in a way that the people in the courtroom thought, oh, she's so strong. She's so confident. She's telling her story with grace. Uh, well, she's an actress, and I think that um at the end of the day. One of two things happened. This was either a compromise verdict where a couple of the jurors didn't feel comfortable. They knew that that was the most serious charge. They didn't feel comfortable um, um, coming back with a guilty verdict on that serious charge. So there was a compromise. Or they just couldn't pull the trigger on an incident that happened 27 years ago.
1: I think it could have been a combination of those things. Do you think that the defense's witness, Paul Felcher? made a dent in Annabella Shearer at all?
2: Yeah, he might have because it gave a a sense of what it was like at that time. She wasn't um, completely... Dismantled the way the prosecution presented that she, you know, that this had this huge effect on her. That you know, uh, you look, mm-hmm. at the, oh, look at this photo of you in 1994. You're, uh, you look tired. Was that because of Harvey? Yeah. So yeah. Oh, come on. I mean that that to me was stretching. Yeah. It. She was tired because she didn't sleep the night before, and who knows what it was. She was using, um, you know, she, to by her own admission, she was sure. drinking and using drugs, and um, it, 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 she was living a Hollywood lifestyle. I think the Letterman clip also helped. Bring her back to life in that time period. Not necessarily that you know she was saying she was a liar on David Letterman, but they got to see her. They got to see a young woman, sure. um, You know, on on TV, and it brought that era to life.
1: Do you think it? it, Do you think it hurt her though? The Letterman clip.
2: It might have. You know, I'm not. I don't think anyone would take that literally and say, "Oh, she said she was a liar on David Letterman." But I just,
1: um, I, yeah, I, I, I. I don't know. I mean, I thought the defense, that was a terrible first witness, Paul Felcher, because I think he didn't really uh, he said this crazy thing happened, but he never really got into detail with Annabella Shiora from what she allegedly said. And what ended up coming out of that witness most prominently was that Paul Felcher has a relationship with Harvey Weinstein. And so I thought that was a fail for the defense. But overall, I think Annabella Shiora was an incredibly strong witness for, for on the emotional level, I think. But I, I do think you're right. I think that this jury was just not convinced enough to find Weinstein guilty of the top counts.
2: Totally agree.
1: Okay. So, all right. Now... Ted Rollins you know the lawyers had a lot to say these lawyers finally we hear what they had to say and you and I are going to talk about that next.
0: Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV and go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
1: The verdict is in Harvey Weinstein guilty of two counts of sexual assault and Ted, all the lawyers finally started talking. They had a lot to say. Let's start off with what Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance said at his press conference. It's a new day because Harvey Weinstein has
0: finally been held accountable for crimes he committed. The women who came forward courageously and at great risk made that happen. Weinstein is a vicious, serial, sexual predator who used his power to threaten rape, assault, trick, humiliate, and silence his victims. He has been found guilty of criminal sexual act in the first degree and will face on that count a state prison sentence of no less than five years and up to 25 years.
1: Okay, Ted, what did you think of what Cyrus Vans had to say, keeping in mind that Cyrus Vans is the one who dismissed the first public accusation against Harvey Weinstein by Ambra Batalana Gutier- Gutierrez in March of 2015, way before the New York Times and New Yorker exposed Harvey Weinstein.
2: Yeah, I mean, he says it's a new day and I think it's a new day for him as well and prosecutors across the country that maybe this does change the uh, landscape a bit. To so now if someone comes in and says, this happened to me and it was five years ago, you're not going to, get the same reception that you might have had a few years ago, um, where a prosecutor say, well, we can't prove that. Or, well, what do you mean you don't know exactly the time? I think this does go a long way to change the landscape.
1: Don't you think Cyrus Vance should have at least acknowledged that it, it took his office a little too long to get here?
2: Yeah, yes and no. I mean, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt In think back when when ambra gutierrez shows up and says harvey weinstein grabbed my breast yeah the detectives the detectives are all on board They're like oh god great let's get a wire on you and see if he does it <laughs> yeah. again send they send her back up and if you listen to the tape that she comes back with yes yes it's incriminating ish but it isn't the full assault it's oh, not yeah. a recreation of what happened to mimi Hale oh, or annabella or you know it's a different scenario and so and and this is pre me too this is pre and this is before 87 other women came up and said the guy is a complete pig so with with those you know um w- w- with that in mind, you can see how the district attorney said, hey, we can't we can't go forward we're going to lose I mean Harvey Weinstein is powerful and that's that is the, yeah, but the reality of our system.
1: That's the problem with the system. It shouldn't be about winning and losing. Ted it should be about justice hello right and and listen everyone says everyone says that Harvey Weinstein was the worst kept secret in Hollywood and don't forget and you know this Harvey Weinstein is as much of a presence in New York as he is in Hollywood I think about all the accusations and this is not just what we heard at this trial, but think about all the people that you and I have spoken to. Uh, Cipriani's, the restaurant Cipriani's is practically another character in this entire saga. So, you know what a King of New York Harvey Weinstein was. And I just, I can't believe that Cyrus Vance didn't know that and didn't factor that into his decision-making.
2: Well, yeah, again, I think that his ammunition at that point was a lot less than it was going into this trial, and even this trial could have easily gone in the defense defense way. Harvey Weinstein could have rolled out of that courthouse yesterday um, very easily if things had gone differently during deliberation. So I don't think Ambra's case was worthy frankly of uh, a criminal prosecution
1: okay now you without
2: more investigation
1: right right okay well all right let's uh now you said speaking of harvey weinstein rolling out of the courthouse this is what his lead attorney Don, donna donna rotuno had to say after the verdict you know we feel very bittersweet today I mean you're right He he's not going away for the rest of his life but Harvey's 67 he's not healthy he's obviously dealing with many um physical ailments and so you know from our perspective right now we wanted to be able to walk out onto those courtroom steps with him today so it's never easy to be in the position where now that wasn't the case um but it's not over and there are many appellate issues here and and the fight will continue. Okay so I think seeing the defense team, they were quite crestfallen. And I think it's hard for them right now to understand that this, in fact, was a partial victory. Do you see it that way, Ted? Do you see this as a partial victory for Weinstein?
2: Um, from a a legal battle standpoint, absolutely not. I think it was a loss. Really, um, they had the ammunition to win. They they could have easily walked him out of there if things had gone differently. If the if the if you take the Me Too movement out of the picture here and you just try it without the outside influences, I think that makes the difference okay i also think that judge burke's judge burke's rulings makes a huge yes. difference having the molyneux witness and the supporting Mal Moly- the, the witnesses that supported the molyneux witness it was the corroborators
1: avalanche. had corroborators yes the corroborators corroborators right
2: you take those out of the picture they win this case hands down
1: okay ted do you at least see That this is a victory in the sense that Harvey Weinstein's not going to be spending the rest of his life in prison, or because of his age, uh, it could end up being a life sentence anyway.
2: Well, let's let's be clear. He is never going to um, walk free again if— the same thing happens in Los Angeles on any level. So if when you combine the two of them, he'll be incarcerated for the rest of his life. Um, if he is able to walk out of L.A., which is a huge stretch, um, I think it's going to be even worse for him there because the Molyneux scenario in California is an open door. Um, the, the, they, they changed the laws many years ago to deal with sex in sex assault cases to allow other witnesses to come in, and I think you're going to see um, you're going to see a parade of women come in. So, from my standpoint, he's never going to be a free man the rest of his life.
1: Well, Ted Rollins, thank you for dropping that California legal knowledge on us because I think that's really important for our listeners to know, especially because. Uh, Later on in the podcast, we are going to be talking about the L.A. case. But up next, we have to talk about the possibility of this New York trial being appealed. We'll talk about it next. Ted Rollins and I are back to talk about the Harvey Weinstein verdict. Uh, We're all pretty stunned here in New York City. Uh, Ted Rollins, Core TV headquarters, everybody pretty stunned, right? That it's finally over and that he is in jail.
2: Yeah, it, it is, uh, it's, you know, you watch him walking in and out of that courthouse every day, and um, it is it is a little jarring to realize, it, uh, hey, wait, he didn't walk out. The attorneys came out without him, jumped in that SUV without him, and uh, he was off to Rikers. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's the end of this long journey.
1: And just so we let our listeners and, of course, our viewers understand the process, uh, there are two almost appeals that could happen now. One is the appeal for him to get out of jail before sentence. So it's 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 just like an immediate emergency appeal type of situation, okay? And then there's of course the appeal for him to be out pending appeal. So after he's sentenced, they're going to try to get him out, and so he stays out pending the appeal. Appeal, and then of course, throughout the trial, we have been talking about these potential appellate issues. Does that does that all make sense, Ted?
2: Absolutely. Um, there's three. Basically, they want him out. They're going to do everything they can to get him out, and I think this is where his celebrity and the um, the advantages that somebody with money and fame have in the at the front end of the process in the judicial system it reverts backwards on the back end this is where a guy like harvey weinstein is at a disadvantage when it comes to appeals because um there will be major reluctance on letting harvey weinstein walk out and be out on bond during the appeal and the appeal itself huge reluctance to let harvey walk
1: think they're going to and but do you think it's just because of the me too thing or because he's rich and white
2: because of the me too th- yeah because because no one is going to want to uh, and i i'm sorry i'm jaded i i don't i yeah. do believe that um a pellet judges do not, uh, they know what the deal is. They, they're not going to be the person to put their sure. name on the bottom of that granting.
1: Yeah. I agree a new trial.
2: It's just, it isn't going to happen.
1: Uh, yeah. I agree with you. And, uh, I think there's just no, there's just no way. Oh, you know what? Let's listen to what Arthur Idala, one of Harvey Weinstein's lawyers had to say after the verdict. And he talks about the appellate issues a bit check it out.
0: So obviously we're very disappointed. We wanted to get a not guilty verdict on all counts. We were able to, we were able to be successful on the top counts, which are the most important ones for several reasons. Number one, he would not be entitled to bail pending appeal if he was convicted on the top count. So the fact that he is eligible for bail pending appeal, we're cautiously optimistic that an appellate court judge will allow him out over the next year while we're fighting this in the appellate courts. I'm sure Mr. Weinstein is going to get the best and brightest appellate lawyers who have already reviewed the case over the weekend and said they're very confident that there's not one, not two, not three, but maybe four or five real appellate issues.
1: Okay. So they're already working on the appeals process. So they're talking about uh bail pending appeal. They're talking about big picture appeal. Uh, I don't think I, I agree with you, Ted. There's just no way that anyone is letting him out now or after sentence pending appeal, at all, and especially he has this Los Angeles case. Like, why are why would they let him out? He has been convicted of a B violent felony offense. He is facing twenty nine years in prison in New York, twenty eight prison, twenty eight years in prison in Los Angeles. There's no way he's he's getting out.
2: Yeah, one wouldn't think so. Now if you take Harvey Weinstein out of the equation and it was just um, an, an, an appeal that came across a judge's desk who read it, um, they might have they may raise, raise their eyebrows on some of Judge Burke's rulings, and I think there is grounds for appeal. So what, what uh, uh, Arthur Adala was saying is that there are you know not one, two, three, but maybe four or five issues that are ripe for appeal. Absolutely. Um, I just don't think that they're going to be granted um, a new trial.
1: Right. I just, okay. But here's the thing. Even though you look at the record and you say, yes, he has issues for appeal. I am saying if this was a regular Joe Schmo defendant, like the guys that I represented court appointed cases, nobody's getting out pending appeal. This is regular appellate stuff. And let's not forget the appellate court always looks at the evidence. And when they find quote unquote overwhelming evidence, it often overrides even legitimate appellate issues. So I just don't think, uh, no, I I don't think he's getting out now. And I, I don't think, and I think everything is made worse by this Los Angeles case and that the level of felony that he was convicted on by this, yeah, by this jury. And we all seem to agree that Mimi Hale was a very strong witness for the prosecution, which it goes into the appellate courts looking at the overwhelming evidence portion of all this.
2: Absolutely. And I, I think you're right. You hit it on the head that with the L.A. process in motion as well, um, th- at the end of the day, if he's convicted in Los Angeles, it's not going to be any appetite for the appeal. Anyway, it's it's over. The, the, it'll be over at that point. We'll have to wait and see.
1: And that's what we're going to talk about next, Theodore. We are going to talk about what is going to happen to Harvey Weinstein in Los Angeles sentencing New York and then some. We'll be right back.
0: Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV and go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
1: Sentencing has been scheduled for Harvey Weinstein in New York March 11th. Ted, what do you think? You think he's going to be sentenced in New York so soon?
2: Well, um, yeah, that seemed a little early. Um, and I, I'm sure that the defense is going to ask for, um, a, a delay in sentencing, but you know, if he is sentenced at, at that time, I think that judge Burke is going to come down the middle. I think that his, he's been aggressive on his, all the pretrial motions and he was, uh, aggressive during trial, um, Pro-prosecution, one would argue, but I don't think he is going to throw the book at Weinstein and come back with, you know, a max. I think he is going to come right down the middle. So, um, you know, you're looking at 15, probably 10 to 15.
1: That's exactly what I was thinking, Ted, I can't believe that we are thinking exactly the same number. I was thinking 10 to 15, same thing. I do want to point out some little logistical issues here. So usually uh, defense attorneys, at least in New York, we, when a client has another open case in another jurisdiction or even in the same jurisdiction, you're trying to delay sentencing for as long as possible. Because after sentencing has been completed... Uh, you are a convicted felon. Like the, the, it, you're not convicted until sentencing is entered. So I know it's a little bit of a logistical procedural issue, but it will be influential in the Los Angeles case. So I think the defense attorneys are going to try to keep delaying sentencing in New York to perhaps work out a deal with Los Angeles. Because Los Angeles, there are two accusers. One, of course, is Lauren Young, who testified as a Molyneux or prior bad act witness in the New York case. But there could be more complaining witnesses that are part of the charges in Los Angeles. And Ted, as you said earlier, it could be a Molyneux or prior bad act free-for-all in in California, right?
2: Absolutely. And we already heard from Ambra Gutierrez, who says she's fully expecting to testify and that she believes that her audio is going to be used uh, somehow in Los Angeles, which is a huge stress. They couldn't even get it in in New York. Um, But she apparently has been told by the L.A. prosecutors to expect to be involved.
1: Yeah, let me uh, follow up on that, actually. So I reached out to the prosecutor in Los Angeles who's actually prosecuting the case. So not the the D.A. is what Jackie Lacey, I think, is her name. But the prosecutor handling the case, his name is Paul Thompson. So I reached out to him. he said, number one, we are proceeding with charges in Los Angeles against Harvey Weinstein. Number two, he cannot give me a timeline. And number three, he did not confirm or deny that Ambra was part of the case. It's so just letting our listeners know. Yeah.
2: To go back to your defense strategy theory, I just don't think that's possible. I mean, you're not—because as much as the defense doesn't want him to be a convicted felon, Jackie Lacey in Los Angeles does. And— um <laughs> They're going to work together, and I just don't see that happening. He's going. He he will be sentenced before he shows up um, for trial in Los Angeles.
1: You really think so?
2: That's my gut feeling. The other question is: Is there a could could they plea in L.A. Could the L.A. County you know could they offer a plea bargain? I would say no well, way because I think L.A. wants a show. I think they want the same thing that happened in, in New York. Really? They want their turn, and they want. Um, they want Harvey to to be in court now. That, that's just my—I don't have any, you know, okay. um, information to go on except for my gut feeling that they're anticipating his arrival. Yeah,
1: and I also think no, I I, uh, I, I take what you you say um, seriously because yeah, you've you've covered so many cases in Los Angeles, so you know the feel of that area, and I hope you're right, and I hope more so that they allow cameras in the courtroom, Ted. We need some cameras.
2: You can bank on that. They will absolutely there will absolutely be a camera in the courtroom in Los Angeles County.
1: Oh, that would be. So, uh, yeah, that would really be so, so much better. So, OK, my point, though, But
2: will uh, but will people be interested in it? Having having already gone through this is the question now that'll be nine months from now. Minimum, um, it'll it'll be interesting to see.
1: Oh, I think they'll definitely be interested in it because people feel like they missed out on what happened here in New York, and they're going to want to see that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll definitely be getting that. But I still think that in terms of saving uh, money, like judicial economy, always is a factor and the, just the amount of security involved with another Weinstein trial. I think Jackie Lacey has to consider offering him some kind of plea. Right. I just don't think they could just go guns blazing unless, unless, you know, and, and here's the other question, Ted, do you think it's possible because of this conviction in New York that now Los Angeles may get some more accusers to come forward?
2: Possible. Um, Yeah, absolutely. The other question is, would Harvey Weinstein take a plea or would it be better for him to roll the dice that he will be able to serve out the 10 to 15? He's you know, that that translates into, you know, maybe seven in New York. And why not roll the dice in L.A.? Try to go for not guilty, because, frankly, if he is convicted at all in L.A., he's not ever leaving prison.
1: Yeah. And you know what? You're it's a good point. He may not take a plea because he's so uh, egocentric that he probably thinks that he's going to win on appeal. He probably thinks he's going to walk out and he's going to go uh, make another movie or something. But uh, okay. And more importantly,
2: he believes that he didn't do anything wrong. That's the other part. And you're right. Arthur Adala said that um, uh, one of the attorneys said, you know, one of the things that he said to him, he proclaimed his innocence again when he was. um, Oh, it was your interview with the bail bondsman. He said uh, he, he proclaimed his innocence as he was snapping off his. Um, his ankle monitor. Oh, right. That to me is that—that's the crux of it. He didn't. He doesn't believe he did anything wrong.
1: Oh no, you no, you're absolutely right, Ted. You're absolutely right. That is the mindset of Harvey Weinstein, and uh, Ted Rollins. We have to wrap it up now, but it has been a pleasure and a delight to have you on the pod because I've been trying to do this for months. And next time we got to do like Vinny and me and you and, uh, make it a whole family affair. But, uh, Ted Rollins, thank you so much. And everyone listening, uh, share, like, go to court TV to watch Ted and me and Vinny and Julie Grant and the whole gang. And, uh, thanks for listening folks.
0: This podcast is a production of Core TV go to courttv.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch court tv in your area.